This is a podcast about the world of soccer, and I don't want to get so deep into what's going on because I know that if you are looking for that information, it's everywhere, and we shouldn't be the people to deliver it to you. But we do have to talk about the fact that, honestly, except for Liga MX, everything is being suspended or canceled because of this pandemic. And it's it's tough to sit here and say, hey, let's talk about soccer, let's talk about these soccer games, instead of talking about the pandemic. But, you know, Lawrence, it, it has just taken over everything. Yeah, well, what we do know as we tape this here on Friday, March the 13th, is that on this day, the shareholders, the the group of owners in the Premier League have said it's time to suspend things with the intention of returning on the 4th of April, subject to medical advice and conditions at the time. And this is coming on the heels of learning that both Arsenal manager Mikel Arteta and Chelsea's Callum Hudson-Odoi have tested positive for COVID-19. Unprecedented, bow And... It does leave a void here. Uh, The Premier League setting a date that we can see into the future. A lot of leagues kind of like having a time period that we don't know when they could resume. But let's talk about what we just did see. And that was an unbelievable match with Liverpool and Atletico Madrid in what might be the last Champions League game we see for a while. Yeah, let's make that clean break. And let's talk about what I think may be the greatest soccer match I've seen in the last year. Lawrence, God, I I actually do like to uh, harken back to a time when I made this prediction. I have no problem in in tooting my own horn, if you will, but they did it. Atletico did it, and they did it with a superior tactical plan. Diego Simeone proves that he's worth the $800 billion that Atletico Madrid pays him. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was the discussion about this during the match on the telecast? That it may be something like 20 million euro more than Pep Guardiola. That we're talking like 38 million euros to to be the manager. Um, it, it, well, cause let's assign value to what the payroll is, and that's around 120 million uh, euro. They, they're they're a interesting group of players around an exceptional goalkeeper, Jan Oblak. And uh, then you see probably the best defensive play of the entire match was the the crossbar coming into play. I mean, yeah, that's true. But I mean, All Black faced so many shots. Uh, but the quality of the shots, because of the defense, because of the tactics, were not the best. So that gives All Black an opportunity to make those saves. You know, if you look at a team and you look at value, just to go back to that value argument, is Simeon a better value for the success of his team than, say, Lionel Messi. Um, uh, no, no. Okay, I I just you you named Messi. I mean, like if if you said to okay, me, let me go let me go one Paul down. Pogba, probably. Oh yeah. Well, okay. Fair enough. You know, um, I just cannot believe. And this, I like Jurgen Klopp, and I like what they've built at Liverpool because I think that whether you like Liverpool or you don't like Liverpool, the fact that you have an opinion of Liverpool shows success. 
and it shows success in bringing people to the sport and exciting people about the game, getting people to watch Liverpool games because you either want to see them win or you want to see when they finally lose. But I do have to say that I'm disappointed in Klopp. I know this is his attitude. I know this is part of his shtick. But, dude, it's a soccer match. The point of a soccer match is to win. And it wasn't like it was 0-0. This wasn't a Jose Mourinho complete park-the-bus type of situation. I mean, this was a 3-2 game. Atletico was just the better team. Yeah, you know, the counters were amazing. And the substitutions were the certain key when uh, Diego Costa was taken out of the game uh, it actually was a bit of a lift and Urente with the two goals that mattered so much were kind of almost obfuscated by that we hadn't seen Firmino scoring at Anfield this season until he does and then at that point you're thinking okay that's Liverpool that's the deal but so much time was left that uh, the goal that with the away goal aggregate system would have been enough was scored. And then Atletico adding another one to just slam the door and, and take the thing outright. I mean, it was kind of unbelievable. If you were a fan of Atletico and you were there and you're seeing this in person, you're, you're probably still on cloud nine. I mean, that's the thing. It's just when you look at it, Liverpool has won so many games in the last couple of minutes. And they've won it against teams that weren't as good as Atletico Madrid. And and that's the thing. Atletico's had a tough season in La Liga, but they still have a great lineup. They still play great defense. They still have the world's best goaltender. And to go ahead and jump ahead of the next conversation once soccer gets back going in Europe... All Black isn't leaving Atletico Madrid. Look, they're going to pay that much money to keep Simeone there. They're going to pay that much money to keep All Black there. All these rumors of like, this is Simeone's last stand. All Black's going to the Premier League. Look, I mean, I know that Atletico is the number two team in the city of Madrid. I've been to Madrid and everywhere it's Real Madrid, except for like this little area around, you know, they're the Auburn University of uh La Liga soccer, right? They're an amazing program right next to the greatest program. However, they are not going to roll over that easy. They are not going to just let Simeone go and say, oh, you had a tough La Liga season. And they're not just going to let Oblak go because somebody in the Premier League has, you know, fatter wallet. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know if there's a recruiting strategy if you're Mourinho to bring in Oblak into some sort of meeting and say, you know, look, this is the legacy that Spurs can create and you can be at the the head of this. There doesn't seem to be a connection that I can no, tell a Slovenian Spurs, goaltender I mean, and yeah. Yeah, Spurs are Spurs are the Atletico Madrid of nah, they're not even the Atletico Madrid of Premier League soccer. I mean, that's the thing is the only programs that would carry the weight to bring Oblak over would be Man City, who has this looming ban, and Liverpool. And, you know, I just, I don't see it happening, you know? And that's Liverpool now. I mean, but why would you leave Atletico to go to Spurs? I say this as a Spurs fan. Why? There's no reason to. Why would you leave a place that truly appreciates who you are? And you see what happens to goaltenders, how quickly they are just spit out as complete garbage. Why would you leave to go to Juventus? Why would you leave to go to PSG? Why would you leave to go to Byron? I'm just naming big programs. I'm not saying that these are possibilities. But why would you leave to go somewhere where you know that there is a possibility that 
Once you start playing behind a much weaker line, once you start playing for a manager who is not defense first, you know, you're just going to be called a waste. You're going to be called, oh, well, All Black could only produce in La Liga. And that's not true, but the system also helps him be the best goaltender in the world. You, you feel that he is the best goaltender in the world. Well, it sure as hell ain't David De Gea, which is what we always hear, right? It's yeah, not Edison. That, I mean, I, 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 I no, it's not Edison. I mean, look, I mean, the Man City is, you know, that look, if this proves anything, I'm going to say this like this is a true statement and <laughs> it's total opinion. But if this match proves anything, it proves the fact that English soccer is completely overrated. Period. Um. Okay, hold the End phone. Of my I, I just, now, <laughs> we've opened something here, though. While I disagree with you on that notion, I want to bring this up. Say it were Allison and goal, not Adrian. Would there have been a difference in that match that was different than what we yeah. saw? Yeah, yeah. If 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 Allison is the the keeper in that match, Madrid still wins on aggregate. But you know, I I. <sighs> This they don't get that final goal. Okay. Okay. Oh, if the outcome's the outcome, the outcome's the outcome. I mean, yeah, like, I think the outcome's the outcome because I, I think that the strategy put forth by Simeon, I mean, I'm putting a lot on Simeon and saying that this was his victory, but this was his victory. And he knows how to manage a game with what he is given. Now, I say that and people are like, well, why is an Atletico at the top of the table of La Liga? You cannot... You cannot outmanage to a perfect season. Like you can't do what Liverpool has done in the Premier League without having the best players in the Premier League. But when it comes to getting ready to play two matches or three matches or one big match, that is where strategy and tactics and an amazing job by your manager can win you a game. Okay. You just can't do that for 30 games. Okay. That, okay. Does so, that make sense? Does that, do no, you understand? Certainly, I'm but here? I'm looking for the, as we always do, the American sports equivalent. And I guess in this case, I think back to when the Seahawks were facing the Patriots in the Super Bowl and the defense for the Patriots was so prepared by Bill Belichick. This may be a, a similar construct here. If if you say Oblak is basically your Tom Brady, you've got excellence there, and Simeone is your Belichick. Is, is that the equivalent here that yeah, you're I mean, watching I, I, a Patriots-style team? I guess so. It's just, I'm trying to think, how do you equate this to, um, to American sports where it just really rings true? And it has to be... American football, because that is the sport in which I think the coach has the largest impact. I don't think a coach has as big of an impact on basketball or baseball as they do in football. But I mean, hey, look, don't I'm tell an Alabama that to Ned Yost. Oh, go on, go on, go on. Started. Okay, sorry. We'll, we'll skip that. <laughs> That's open. That's another Pandora's box. No, it's as if Nick Saban was the coach of a less talented team. And was still able to, I mean, see, that's a bad one because it's like Nick Saban has the most talented team, so he should win, you know. But, yeah, I think you're right. I think it's a Belichick moment when the Patriots were not necessarily at their best. When the Patriots didn't field the most talented team, yes, that Seahawks team was more talented, but they lost because Belichick was smarter than Pete Carroll, who was also a good coach. So, yeah, I guess I see 
the relationship being that, except for the fact that Atletico is not, well, I guess they're looking like it, but they're not even a top three team in their in their country, right? And now we're saying that they are the top team in Europe or one of the top teams in Europe. Like, well, okay. Again, I think this. I think this is more of a story of the fact that I'm going to go back to my 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 old trope here. English football is not as strong as everybody wants it to be, and that's proving true. I mean, I, we won't get to see Real Madrid, Man City for a while, but when we do. You know, that's the last hope that the Premier League does anything in the Champions League. Okay, well, I mean, the rest and the move away from the grind, especially for Man City, probably helps them. Uh, Liverpool, as we can both acknowledge, had kind of hit the wall. Uh, you oh, know, yeah. The loss to Watford that ended the streak in league play is is one thing but it, it you could just you, you, i asked you weeks and weeks ago as we were doing the show could they be the invincibles part 2 like like arsenal were i you know could i, I saw it as a possibility you said no with liverpool um and i give you full credit you did call this champions league matchup you said the team that will take them out is atletico madrid um and when you saw the way the defense was organized, you could see, oh, this is going to be tricky for Liverpool. And it made for amazing theater. But let's be honest here. It hadn't been the best couple weeks leading into this most no. recent match. No, but I wonder if like, uh, what is what is the reason that this happened? What is the reason that Liverpool has kind of had the air taken out of them? It, it, was it, you know, did it just happen? Or was it that first match against Atletico? Was that first match against Atletico? Or was this just... I mean, I was saying it even since they played uh, Monterey in the Club World Cup, where I was like, you know, I just feel like they're barely getting by. Of course, getting by in Liverpool standards right now is a win. right? But they're just barely winning. And at some point, that stops. At some point, everybody figures out your trick. Right? They weren't just crushing teams. They were winning every game, but they were just barely winning every game. Well, you do that for a long enough period of time, and teams start to figure out, okay, if we make this one change, if we do this one thing, if we press this one way, if we force the ball to this one player, then we're going to be able to beat this team. And I think that's the thing. Liverpool got found out. Well, uh, let's take the... PSG Dortmund example of another well but but I'm not talking about soccer I want to talk about literally like the setup of it all I thought in my mind this is where we're headed with sports they would be studio sports empty stadiums the games would continue until we started getting positive tests for players and managers and now the responsibility needing to take place of let's halt games if games could have been played they'd have been played with no one there what did you think of that it didn't jar me that much to not have fan response it didn't seem like it cut down the level of player how much they were going for it it just felt like it was on a soundstage it, it, it seemed well, I'm strange gonna, i'm gonna say something and i hope this doesn't come across uh as anything other than just an observation but there was something very interesting to me watching any sport without fans because i i never want it to happen again because the reason these things happen are so 
bad. You know, when Barcelona played last year uh, because of the protests due to the Catalan independence, I watched that game and uh, Camp Nou was empty. And the reason that it was happening was was bad. Uh, but what actually happened watching the game with no fans was so interesting. And I found it interesting. Every sporting event I've seen recently without fans, I find so interesting because you get to see the player, you actually hear the players talking to each other. You hear their reaction. You hear how they play. I mean, it's like going and watching a youth or high school soccer game with professional players. I remember uh, years ago, I was in Iceland and went to a professional soccer game in Iceland. And the play was of, of a high caliber, but because of the amount of fans, because you're in a country of 300,000, and this was, you know, second division Icelandic soccer, like, there was like 11 people eating hot dogs, drinking coffee, watching the soccer match. So you have to hear the game. And it actually was another sense that brought you into the game instead of bringing you into the atmosphere. We always talk about MLS being this like really cool fan experience, right? And so when you go to a game and you have the fan experience, I remember going to Tennessee, Alabama, Neyland Stadium, and you get 107,000 people singing Rocky Top. And you're just like, this is Amaze the fan experience. This is why people love this. But that isn't necessarily the sporting experience. And so to take out the fans and to immerse yourself in the sporting experience as a viewer is actually really cool. However, I, I would trade that, uh, and so would anybody else, a thousand times for the ability to just have these outside situations that caused this to happen to go away. But you're right, the PSG game, Dortmund game, was interesting to not have the fans, uh, but it was also interesting to see the players. And PSG, and mostly because of Neymar, but PSG gets this rap of like, these, these players are so pompous that they want nothing to do with their fans, that they're just there for the money. But to see the connection that they had with their fans after the game, uh, to me, was incredible. I mean, it was like PSG had won the, won the Champions League when literally they just finally got out of the round of 16. But again, um, I think it was a good moment for Paris. I think it was a good moment for PSG. Um, and I think those players that we've been talking about for, for years, Neymar, Di Maria, they, they rose to the occasion, uh, and, and I, I thought it was a great game, and I thought that PSG played a, played a really great game, and I think that Dortmund is, is like I've said, Dortmund's overrated, um, and, and, and we found that out. So let's take another twist here, and as sports leagues around the world are saying, we're putting things on a halt, suspending play, and until further notice, again, the Premier League setting a target date of April the 4th, and that, of course, if situations uh, require it, will have to be adjusted. But let's say there's no date. The one league we're hearing about continuing in, and it's the league we talk about primarily on this program, Liga MX, I'm wondering how long that's going to last, but it does appear they're heading into this coming weekend of play, this March 13th, Friday, Saturday the 14th, Sunday the 15th, with fans in Mexico. Why is this an exception, Bo? Well, I mean, I don't want to delve too deep into the news aspect of it, because as a person who has worked as a journalist for 25 years, I've found that I don't speak on anything that I am not 
very well researched on, and I'm not real sure about this, other than the fact that anecdotally, there does not seem to be that many cases in Mexico. The fear of spread does not seem to be as great as it is in these other countries. Some have said it may be due to climate, but I don't want to be the person who says that because that, that could just be another one of these unfounded, you know, theories from someone. Uh, but, you know, I mean, Mexico years ago, uh, they dealt with swine flu and, you know, they do understand the ramifications of a pandemic. So, I don't know, we'll, we'll, I hate to be the guy, oh, well, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But as of right now, uh, and my family in Mexico right now, this does not seem to be a huge fear. So maybe they're just uh, a couple of weeks behind like we were in the United States where people even last week were walking around saying like, I don't know why everybody's freaking out in Europe. So, you know, this could all change the second we get done taping. Well, and, and, uh, and Or it granted. could change two weeks from now. Granted, it's all, everything started happening very, very quickly with, okay, there'll be games without people, no games. So, of course, the minute we finish taping, League MX may not be playing this weekend. But if they do, it does give us something to continue talking about from the soccer realm of things. And, you know, this season, um, the, the I, I still, with the exception of Monterey, being so disappointing by and large there Man, hasn't been terrible there hasn't been a lot of <laughs> clear-cut things that that we can say right now with like okay that's what we'll have going to the little league other than um, the fact that Cruz Azul man at Cruz Azul has been playing lights out and I really wish the game I mean in in theory I really wish they would have gotten to play LAFC I know because I mean they are playing lights out soccer. So these friendlies said, also being postponed or canceled yeah. or, you know, and, and CONCACAF as well. And Liga MX continues. Yeah, they, and, and and that that's the point there with why they're not playing LAFC. Yeah. And, but I mean, we saw the other night with club America um, against Atlanta United. Now, of course, Atlanta United down, you know, a really important aspect of their team, but still, I mean, basically club America came and owned that game. To the point that Herrera basically said, like, we should have won that game, you know, by a greater margin. He was not happy with how, you know, he was like, we could have done better. Um, I I don't want to keep on revisiting this, but Liga MX proving over and over again that it is a superior league to MLS. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, I am interested to see how things shake out this weekend because... I mean, you're looking at Guadalajara back in the hunt in fifth, Cruz Azul, you know, the always, we talked about Atletico Madrid being second fiddle in their own city. Uh, Cruz Azul is definitely that, you know, and they are leading right now. Um, Juarez in sixth place. I mean, what games are you looking at this weekend, Lawrence? What games do you think are really going to set the table for for how the second half of the season will... will, uh, be going forward. Yeah, I don't know about set the table. I mean, I'm curious about the, you know, Leon Pumas matchup. Um, and and I'm, I'm just at some point, I'm just in disbelief that it's this bad for Rayados and uh, a matchup against Guadalajara is is interesting. Um, you've got me on the Juarez train as they face Tigris. Um, that's that's 
kind of to me what's the most interesting but but no hands down is the sunday night matchup at seven o'clock and this appointment viewing we've kind of been looking forward to america against cruz azul at azteca stadium you know that's 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 the match that is the match that's that's one uh and three and facing each something. other yeah it finally means something you know this this will be and you know what i think because of the lack of sports going on right now this will be a match that will be watched by a lot more people. This may be when people, a larger audience starts to see what's going on in Liga MX and see why people like you and myself are such huge fans of it. Um, and you're right, the Sunday night matchup is the is the key matchup, but this, you know, I love watching Juarez play and Juarez against Tigris. Now Tigris right now is sitting outside the top eight, but they've been playing good soccer. Uh, they're always a quality team, uh, you know, and three points puts them way in the hunt. So, yeah, you're right. That's another match. That's the Saturday night match that I think uh, will be very interesting because the Suarez team, you know, finally Atletico San Luis has fallen out of the top eight, you know. Uh, but, like I said, Tigris wins. That puts them in the hunt for the top eight. In fact, they would be tied with Juarez. So I think that game's going to be a great game because this is where Tigris has to turn it around, right? They're not in the Monterey position where like Monterey has to basically win every game to get to the Little League, which they won't. Uh, but Tigris has a point here. And Tigris is kind of in the same position that Monterey was last season during the Apertura when everybody was like, well, Monterey's done. Not, not done like they are now, but done. They made the change. They brought in Mohamed and they went on a tear. Uh, I think this could be Tigris's jumping off point. Is this where Tigris starts to really establish themselves again and it makes a run to the final eight? Because that's all you got to do. You just got to get in that final eight. Let's leave it there for now. And the next time we get back together. Yeah, let's not go too in-depth on these Liga MX games that <laughs> we're going to find out in two hours are canceled. And <laughs> just to say that it will be interesting if when the next time we have an episode uh, if it's simply just league mx we're talking about or if there's a little bit more clarity as to when other international competitions will begin to take place again or mls i mean the uncertainty here is the stuff of anxiety and feeling very out of control with what's going on it's it's a time where it's good to see sports leagues all around the world taking a leadership position and saying, we understand the ramifications of having a lot of people coming together at events as it relates to containment. And, you know, this is like almost everyone keeps saying the word uncharted waters, uncharted territory. We, we don't even really know what to be saying about this other than reacting to the action we see on a field, on a pitch. And here you're hearing about all these cancellations, all these suspensions and no one knows what to say, but if the next time we pick it back you know, up it's and it's just, talking about Liga Max, then that's what we're doing. Yeah, and, and you know, I just want people to think, you know, this is something I've, I've been thinking about, and this comes to the fact that, you know, I work as a journalist. Uh, I have young children, um, you know, I, like everybody, right? You know, I'm concerned with humanity. But I just find it interesting how many times we always say, uh, you know, I'm willing to do whatever it is, even if it just saves one life. 
But as soon as we're faced with something where we're going to be mildly inconvenienced for the ability to save much more than one life, sometimes we have a tendency to complain. And I want people to remember that when we're kind of bummed out because there's no soccer on TV or there's no NBA to watch or something like that. And they're like, why are we going through all of this? Just remember, this is a smart thing. This is for once people like Adam Silver have come to the realization that there are things more important than sports. And that's the most important thing is that everybody stays safe. We do the best we can to keep everyone else safe. And uh, hopefully, like you said, Lawrence, uh, other than Liga MX, hopefully we'll get back to uh, watching soccer in the next month and uh, yeah. things will get back to normal. And further, I mean, to illustrate one more point in that regard, it's maybe when things come back, a time to reflect on how special it all is that we have great athletes, great sports, great things that we can enjoy. And maybe the level of enjoyment will be that much higher because it wasn't there for a while. And uh on that note, uh, really nothing more to say on this episode. Uh, a great episode, Bo. Thank you very, very much. With Bo Byerly, I'm Lawrence Scott. This is Sound System FC.